I have a plan. That's for if things get really hard. Dance off, bro. Me and you. Oh, I'm sorry. I I didn't know how this machine worked. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Game Store Guardians. My name is Will. That's where you guys come in. Oh, okay. you, I, usually you set it up differently. Uh, I, I usually talk a lot more. <laughs> yeah, this is amateur hour. I'm Mike. I'm Jeff. And I'm Ben. All right. And first thing before we even start talking about any of our topics, we apologize for the audio issues of last week. I was messing with a new mic. Mike DeLuca, actually, from Danger Room, actually, uh, when he was at LVO, talked to uh, Staten Island Mike here and gave me a program to use. Plus, I found something else. So if our audio quality may fluctuate over the next couple of weeks, we're just tweaking some things, but it should sound a lot better today. Yeah, let us know. Let us know if, uh, if it's still a problem. Yeah. Hit us up on Discord. True. And there'll be a link to our Discord in the show notes like there always is. But that being said, we have news to talk about. We have LVO to talk about. Um, we have um, qualifiers to talk about coming up soon. So because the LVO 2025 season is officially upon us. So um, I think we should probably start, though, with with the news, which is we had two new reveals. Boo. You know what? All the way. Na, 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 na. <laughs> I think this is going to be the new segment where Will is excited for things and then I stomp on his dreams. Listen, can stomp out that man's positivity. That's right. Yeah. I, I am very positive. <laughs> yeah, because then he's going to roll stupid on a Tuesday and be like, see, I told you Iceman was good. I just rolled seven <laughs> hits on my four dice. <laughs> I've, I've spiked enough Daredevil spenders to know that that Bishop's spike is coming. Yeah, I, I can't <laughs> wait. It's going to be delicious. <laughs> I'm gonna be so angry the first time you date somebody with Iceman or Bishop. It's gonna just uh, fill me with such rage. I already have a plan for Iceman, but we're, we're we're jumping ahead of ourselves. We're gonna go in order of reveals. So first is Bishop. So I, we're not gonna go through the whole card because we're not that podcast. We'll just kind of give our overall thoughts and critiques on Bishop. So I'm gonna go last because. I don't want Mike shitting all over my dreams to start off. And, and, and thing is on a positive right. note. Do, do you, yeah. All right. So I, I think I'm probably the most lukewarm or I'm the least interested in either of these characters. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Jeff or Ben uh, feel differently. I don't. Well, Bishop is like not splashable at all to me, um, which is not a bad thing. I think he's fine in X-Force. I think he gives X-Force something they need, which is, uh, you know, some displacement. There are very few superpowers in the game that are better than a size 4 throw. I think it's really just like DR and maybe like charge or something like that. Depends on your your thought process. So I think he looks good from there. His defensive tech is overrated. Like when it works, you're going to... Well, I already know. Uh, Will's going to roll three wilds <laughs> into a big attack. He's going to start yelling and being like, see, I told you so. But there's going to be a bunch of other games where Bishop goes out like a punk he starts the next round with four health because of the stupid rules on his card, and then nothing is going to happen with him. There's going to be times you get a huge spender off, and it's going to feel great. But I think he's like a real feast or famine character that like I don't want in most of my lists. I do think if I was playing X Force, which I, I might dabble with X Force, they're pretty fun. I played them the other day. That I think he does have a home there, but I don't know 
why else, where else you'd want to take that character. Um, maybe you guys have different thoughts on that, but I'm not sold on him. Is he coming with Iceman? Is that the same box? No, he's coming with Nightcrawler. Uh, <laughs> see, I'll still buy the box then because Nightcrawler's in there. But uh, the, a little, I think Iceman and Bishop are a little skippable for me. But <clears throat> yeah, what do you think, Ben? Yeah, I, I'm kind of meh um, on Bishop as well. I'm leaning more towards, I, I think the character is kind of cool. Uh, I think that they've done some neat things that kind of um, personify the character in the comics, which I really, really like. I also super enjoy um, the the actual kit itself that you can have multiple heads. Um, so I, I do appreciate them kind of giving a shout out to uh, the ways that Bishop has shown up in comic books. Uh, I do find it really interesting that his mutant energy absorption is on all attacks and not just restrictive to, you know, energy or mystic or things like that, which is uh, the first time, if I'm remembering correctly, this is the first time we've seen a character with this ability that has it on all types of attacks. That's correct. Um, so, so I do think that's really cool. Um, having a character that's immune to incinerate in our current meta right now is also pretty strong. Um, I, I like that. I think your your concerns about Bishop are also super valid. I hate that he is a six five as a four threat leader. Um, I'm not He's sure. Not a leader. Uh, oh, sorry, you're right. I, I just think of Bishop as a leader. He's a leader in my heart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, uh, him being a, a six five still just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Um, I think him being a six six would have been completely fine. Um, I'm I'm definitely going to be giving him a try. Um, I will tell you, just like like Mike has shared, I'm buying the box mostly for for Nightcrawler, but um, I am going to be trying Bishop um, in some X Force. I think it's going to be really cool. So I'm excited to to give him a try and uh, move forward. What What about you, Jeff? What do you think of of your boy Bishop? Um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the middle on this one as well. I, I do. Look forward to. Um, I was just checking the uh, timeline affiliation, so he is X Men there at least, um, which just reminded me that Gambit is not in timelines. So <laughs> this, this list is just more and more not for me. Oh, Gambit's not uh, in the re- regular game either, though. Yeah, well, you know, I was thinking, um, you know, Cyclops is my favorite X Men uh, along with Gambit, so. There might be some place for him there under a Cyclops team. Now, I don't know if that team is going to be very competitive, but it'll be, I think, a fun team, so I'll try him there. Um, but I, I am a little lukewarm on this guy in general. Uh, I think I, ha- I probably have the most um, play with like the, the reverse Pierce, since I run uh, in Convocation both Magic and... Um, Sorcerer Supreme Strange, and you know they have that, and it just it doesn't come into play quite as much as you would like. It does. It it is very clutch, but there's just there's a lot of Pierce in the game these days too, and mm. that triggers first, and so I think he is gonna just melt anyone with Pierce, and so it's like you you might roll your three physical defense against like a, a claw character and. It's like, cool, you can, you know, change one of their dice, but 
actually they change yours first so you don't get to and you don't get that power and i think there's going to be some sad times with him with some of these pierce characters out there um you know it is nice that it's on all of them all of the defense types so there's that but it's it's definitely going to be more feast and famine uh and and the one thing going with ben that with the six five is i think I don't want to say more times than not, but there's going to be a real significant number of times where you are waking up with eight power and therefore yeah. you are waking up with four, four health on your injured side. Uh, and if you don't have prio, that's going to be a problem. So uh, I'm a little bit worried about that. I wish that it wasn't on the injured side and it was only on the healthy side. I think it's a great way to bring flavor into it. And I don't like, I think it makes sense, um, you know, to have it on the healthy side, but in the injured side on the power phase just means that there's that chance. And, and also, um, I just, I wish, I wish there was a way that it didn't happen in the power phase. Cause I mean, you're going to go up against a smart player. You're going to already have activated Bishop. They're going to see that, he, you know, he's up on one health and they're going to leave him to just daze in the power phase and you're going to yep. lose a whole activation. And we just got away from that with cubes and everything. So um, it's just, it's kind of a, a, a weird choice uh, that I'm not quite sure why they went with that way. Uh, gonna, gonna have to see him on the table, but those are my, my pain points right now is taking damage in the power phase that could potentially daze you for the whole round and having it also happen on the injured side. I think. The injured side one isn't as bad as um, the fact that you could just daze yourself in the power phase. He's also well, a stun, which is interesting to me. I kind of I feel like there's going to be something there that I'm I pisk is something I think more people need to start playing after LVO. I think you saw that in some of the lists. I know Jeff, you're a fisk enjoyer. But I think yeah, well, people, yeah, if you're running and Hulk, you're gonna run Fisk. Yeah, I think more people figuring out how to play Fisk effectively might be important in the future. And having stun immune models for that could be really good, especially one that is stun immune and can throw somebody off the point. Because like Fisk is scary. The points go by so fast. So I think he might have some game there. I don't remember if, if Alexander uh I forgot his last name, who brought X-Force to LVO, I think he might have had Fisk in his list. I could be wrong. There's a really easy way to figure that out. I could just check in a moment. <laughs> um, and I'll definitely do that while Ben gets his point in. Well, yeah, I, I think just to kind of double back on, on Jeff, what you were saying, what a feels bad moment. Here's your four threat model that dazes itself in the power phase because it had eight power and then it's going to have nine power when it wakes up. So instead of having five uh, damage on the backside when you wake up, you're going to have four. So here's our four threat model that if your opponent is playing correctly, you know, uh, you, they still have prio and takes out a four threat model that has four health waking. And just because it dazes itself and yeah, it just, um, I think there's going to be some pretty intense feel bad moments with, with Bishop, if you're not careful. Um, so I, I'm right there with you. I think the simple fix is don't have that, ability on his hindered side because <laughs> um, that yeah that is, yeah. is i rough. think he's definitely going to be i mean at least he has a range for attack um although you want to be within three to get that auto incinerate um but i think he's definitely going to be a model that you want to keep uh, on the outskirts of a fight because he's almost someone that you have to activate late 
if you yeah. activate him early and then you give your opponent a chance to load up power on you and you don't you can't spend it so uh, i'm trying to think if there's like he, he i mean he's good for the upcoming card xavier's dream even though you can only spend one but like cards That's like that X-Men. oh well i'm i'm considering him in x-men because oh. he, he is affiliated in x-men for the thing and uh, you know i'm talking about him under the cyclops team uh, that, that i'm envisioning but um you know if he's an x-force i don't know if x-force has cards like that real quick Jeff, real quick before you, I'm going to propose an episode in the future where we sit down and dojo Cyclops because I'm kind of intrigued by him as well, and I know Ben has been playing him. So yep. just food for thought, listeners, if that's something that you're interested in, let us know. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I'm kind of interested in that because I want to play something snowflakey. I will ahead, say yeah. I've been yeah. using him in X Men a little bit, and Cyclops is real good. Yeah, he's super fun. I, I think I think if you can if you build around it, okay enough. Like it's it's a good leadership. It's a good leadership. It's just. You do have to deal the damage, so you know any anytime you can get those Pierce characters or characters with rerolls that just help you push the one through is is night and day with Cyclops's leadership. Mm-hmm. Uh, not pushing any damage through uh, sucks. I'm gonna push More back on it. on what you said with keeping him on the outskirts and activating last. That doesn't sound like something I want out of my fourth threat. That a character that I am going to activate late and use a move action to move him up. Because you want him up to get the incinerate, right? Or use the error two spender or get the throw. So then if his like ideal turns in that world are a move, I, I don't know if I like that. A move and then an attack and hopefully a throw. Well, that, and I think that is right there. That's exactly Bishop's play pattern. Bishop is not a double tapper. Bishop is move, shoot, throw. Because he is the epitome of a glass cannon. He needs support. Mm. Well, maybe Cable provides that, though, with, I guess, with yeah. the extra dice. Exactly, yeah. He needs support. So, like, if you play him in X-Force, you're going to have Cable. You're going to have Badger. You might have Colossus. So someone will be within range 3 slash 2 of him to kind of take the heat off him sometimes. His, I don't, the mutant ed- energy absorption, yeah, it's cute. It is a May, so you don't have to change the thing so you don't get extra power. The size for displacement, great. The immunity to stun means if you put Wolverine and Bishop in your list, that is a great Fisk team right there. He might just really reward strong players with great positioning. So yeah. sooner join that uh, HPP league, uh, Ben, that, and Will that we're in. And uh, in the league, you're allowed to play stuff that hasn't come out yet. And I know Sooner is all about playing Bishop in there. And that dude is really good at MCP. Mm-hmm. So I'd definitely like to see what he does there because I think... Maybe if you're playing either of two factions, if you're running Badger or Cyclops, that could be what you really need to get the most out of Bishop. Mm-hmm. Or if you're playing Cyclops and you're leveraging the uh, uh, field leader, yeah, that could that's, be it too. That's exactly where my head's been at. Yeah. Yeah. I know you guys are on X-Force, but I've been on Cyclops X-Men when looking at this character. And mm-hmm. I'm just thinking like, yeah, I keep him range four, and that way if I need to double tap or if I decide... That hey, this is probably a turn where I need to get in. Then, um, you know, maybe halfway through the round or so, I'm comfortable activating Cyclops, yeah, and seeing if I can get a field leader to get him in when maybe some of the threats around Bishop's side of the board have already activated, and I'm not, um, you know, I'm not putting him into too much harm's way. But again, uh, even even if he's up close and he hasn't been activated, like as long as he's not threatening to be dazed, that's okay. I'm okay with you putting power on him. Uh, before he's activated, because I think he, like, uh, you know, once he hits five 
or, or even three is a, is a nice enough, you know, amount for his throw. Like eight power is a lot. You're not always sitting at eight power, right? No. So like, as long as I have my activation to dump power, I'm okay. It's mm. when I feel, oh, I need to go with Bishop now. Like you, everyone's been in that game where like, oh, I better go with him. Otherwise I'm going to lose his activation. And then, um, you know, cause he's like in the mix of two different characters and he has to activate first in a round. Now you're just inviting your, your opponent to, you know, dump a bunch of damage on him, which is going to dump a bunch of power on him and you have no way to spend it. And then you get into those situations where, oh, you hit eight power and, or you hit seven power and I'm leaving you on one. The power that you get in the power phase is going to put you to eight. And then that's going to be the final one. Then you lose him for a turn. And then just like Ben said, even when he wakes up the turn after, if the game is still going on, he's at four health, right? So, um, as long as you're activating him like mid round, late round, and you can dump power, then I think it's okay. Yeah, I think so too. I'm I'm a little higher on him than you guys are. I think he's going to be super fun to use in X Force. I think he's going to be fun to use in X Men. He's definitely not a splashable character. Like I was on House Party Protocol last week, and like I couldn't really think of a good place to splash him in when we were talking about it. But not every character needs to be splashable. Like, it's fine to have characters that only work in the affiliations they're intended to be in. So, And to piggyback off that, it's fine to have characters that are uh, mission specialists. How many times have we seen, um, not that he's anywhere near this level, but um, how many times have we seen Crimson Dynamo splashed into lists strictly for when I have to play on an E-map? Yeah, exactly. Um, So, like... Uh, you know, if you're if he's your Fisk answer, and even if you're not running Fisk, but like Mike has said, the metas shift towards Fisk, and you just need it to put together a team that's on Fisk. Maybe he's in your list just for that, and like sometimes that's enough on your ten man list. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not saying that that's going to be the case, but like sometimes that is enough. So he could he could be one of those kind of characters. Yeah, and once he flips to his injured side, at that point he's a bomb. So. I'm taking out as many people as I can with him. <laughs> like, have Nightcrawler use Mass Transit, drop him off. We can have Iceman drop a little slide on there and just eat and then scoot out. So, I got plans for him. But speaking of Iceman, what are your guys' takes on Iceman? I'm going to go last. You guys go first. I'm going to go next to last then. <laughs> He's ready for that. I mean... He's he's a three threat, you know. That's that's pretty much where we're at. He's, he's five five. I don't want to go through the whole card like you said, but he is five five. He's a little bit fragile. He has no defensive tech. Um, at least he's got four physical. Maybe saves him for a couple throws, um, here or there. Other like medium base, medium mover is always kind of good, especially under storm. Uh, but I, they they're not really hurting for any. Uh, yeah. The beast is kind of kind of takes a lot of that already um his beam is nice uh, it's it's still four dice so you're just praying for wilds at that point uh, i think the real crux of the character is cold snap and that's what you want to kind of look at and um and, and so I, i'm excited for for asm just to see the little synergy there spider uh, like spider guys like the, the web warriors they're never uh, hurting for affiliation they have so many cheap models so whether he's affiliated or not, I think he slides right in uh, under ASM. But um, outside of that, Ice Slide is nice. I wish that his hit and run was a charge so he could set up the beam a little bit better. Mm. Uh, 
just kind of just kind of meh on him. I think um, he's an interesting character. I wish he was a little bit mirror, mirrored to Pyro, but maybe not as strong because that that dude's really strong. But very uh, balanced. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't think we need another uh, root and slow power. But you know, <laughs> it, it would have been um, would have been nice to have maybe maybe a little bit more something. Uh, maybe maybe something with a little bit more range. Just I, I don't know. It's uh, I think he's definitely a character. If you love Iceman, you can probably find a way to fit him in there. If you're super competitive mindseted and you just care about the stat cards and not really the characters themselves, then um, you know he might be a pass for you. Yeah, I'm. I think the general consensus right now, and this is, I mean, hot takes. You know, as hot as you can get them, right? Talking about Iceman. <laughs> See what I did there? Um, but it is. Uh, is People are just kind of meh, you know, not really wowed by him. I mean, um, I agree. I think it would have been nice to see a third attack that would have been a range four or five dice gainer, right? Um, and that that makes him maybe more playable, at least a little bit more reliable to get some long range stuff because the beam isn't always going to be there. So, um, yeah, I, I do agree with you, Jeff. I think... The most interesting thing for me is to see Iceman with webs and that cold snap ability, either if it's with ASM or just making the webs all webbed up turn just kind of even more abusive, right? Um, I don't think, just looking, um, nothing really popped off my head of some kind of crazy synergies within X-Men. Nothing that at least I can, you know, see off, off, you know, out of the gate. So I'm just kind of, eh, uh, I don't play Web Warriors. Um, so, I mean, I'm going to get the box because uh, he comes with Shadow Cat, if I remember correctly. Yep. Um, so I'm going to get the box because I really like Shadow Cat. But, um, yeah, Iceman's probably going to be one that I'm really excited for Alyssa to paint and do a really wonderful job. And he's probably going to sit there and hang out for a while. <laughs> Yeah, I mean the model. The model's sick, and I yeah. do want to preface by saying I've already pre-ordered all the all the X Men boxes. There you go. Yeah, I think yeah. the characters are sick themselves. So yeah. uh, I'll, I'll find a way to fit them in somewhere. Well, as I mean, in your, I mean, you play Webb's duel with defenders, right? So it's probably more feasible out of the four of us that you might might bring him. At least to at least try. Yeah, I'm, I, I think. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it later, but I think those lists are being separated, which which would be good for Iceman because then I'll have room to fit in tech slots for the ASM side. That's fair. Um, yeah, that's I do. Fair. I do love AS, ASM's leadership, but yeah, we'll get we'll get in more into uh, post LVO list later. Now, for me, well, there. Yes, I'm, I'm here. Do, do, do your positive thing, Will. Listen, I see. I see <laughs> him. As my attrition delivery system for X Force. Attrition delivery system. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, so is, just to be clear, you're gonna instead of putting another three that actively does attrition, you're just gonna put another three in that moves your attrition pieces. Yeah, because he can also stagger. That's fair. Stagger is nice. Yep, he can slow people down, which was very good when I had Pyro in the list because. Firewall was great, but yes, it's only four dice. There's ways to adjust that. Joint effort's a hell of a card. That might be real good on that. He he is going to be a stick and move character. 
just like when we were talking about with Bishop before. He can ice slide up, scoop Bishop up a little bit, then pay two, freeze and fade, shoot somebody, slide back, and now you got a Bishop bomb. That's four power. Okay. He's got... Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know where he's, he's getting all the power to do yeah. those things. You'd have to be hitting some good beams that way. Yeah. True. He does need to be hitting some up. good beams. But, but at least, you know, I'll give you this. If it's your three threat that's only making one attack so that your four or five can double tap, I'm, I'm okay with that trade, right? Yeah. The, the ice slide is, is okay, right? Because um, yeah, I'm, I'm not reading that wrong, right? Ice slide doesn't give a move. It's when you move, right? It's the same yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like after the move action is right. resolved. So if, if I'm, yeah, if I'm taking welcome. a medium base, medium base, medium move, like that's, that's at least it's a strong move, right? It's mm -hmm. not like a small base, medium move or a medium base, small move. Right, it's it's a medium base, medium move is a good amount of distance. So sure, I, I can see you trading that movement action so that you can reposition somebody else, getting a nice beam off. If and if you have the power for, you know, your version of hit and run, then then that's that's okay. Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, I have a lot of attrition pieces in my roster right now. It, it's gone through some tweaks. I actually, just removed Spider Man right now, but um. Because I heard, I think I was listening to Fury's Finest today, and they said, right now, your rosters, you kind of can't do a jack of all trades thing. You have to focus on one thing. And obviously, X Force is attrition focused. So you do need some support for that. He's great for placement. I don't necessarily want to use Sam because I just, I, I don't know. Everybody uses Sam. I don't want to use Sam. I like being a little special. I want to use Iceman. Plus, it's more thematic to me because as much as I try to make my roster super competitive, I like theme. It's killing me that Ultron is in my X-Force roster right now, but I'm doing it. <laughs> Iron Man's there, but I, I could make a headcanon reason for that. But I really think Iceman is going to be underrated. I think people are going to write him off shortly after he comes out because everybody wants Shadowcat. And then this is going to be one of those characters that a couple months later starts creeping back up. And people are like, oh, I didn't know he could do that. I think that's going to be this character. I think you're going to put him on the table. You're going to get gunned down outside of range two and feel like he did nothing. <laughs> I'm sure every, sometimes, yes. <laughs> every, every time your Iceman dazes, I'm going to talk so much crap. Hmm. So much crap. What happened when you brought your Malekith over to the Black Widow? I didn't never talk crap about Black Widow. Black Widow <laughs> Listeners of the cast, you can tell that we love each other. This is a place of love and gentleness. <laughs> Yeah. There's a lot of cursing. There's Welcome a lot of cursing whenever, whenever we play. Our New Jersey, New York is showing right now. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say, in Will's defense, which I rarely do, an ice slide to set up some hops is could could be good. Mm -hmm. um, Stagger is nice, and I do think cold snap is legitimately uh, interesting. And then I guess if you're setting up nice beams, you might have the power to do the things you want to do. I, he he might be really... Uh, Ultron's a size 3, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, why why is he only limited to size 2? He's so much, if he could like move a size 3, uh, he gets less interesting. Are the grunts a size um, 2? Oh. I don't know, because I don't think anyone's ever looked at the size of grunts, but... Yeah, maybe maybe there's things he can do to set up some interesting hop situations for other people. I, I think there's smart players that are like much bigger brain, you know, than I am that could probably but just wait to see what Vakablitz does. 
The grunts are a size two. I'll just, just wait for the Vodka Blitz article that tells me how to play Iceman effectively, and then I'll, <laughs> I'll consider doing that. So, yeah, when in doubt. Yeah. The asterisk I want to put on this is that we don't know what Xavier does yet, and it's very possible. Like I think we can all agree Xavier is not going to be a size three or four, right? Like that just doesn't seem likely. No, he's going to be a size Xavier's two. Is after your turn, move Iceman short. Yeah, Iceman, Ice, <laughs> Iceman might just be like an Xavier delivery system potentially. You know, the guy is in a wheelchair. I don't know how much, how fast he's moving around the board. So all I know is there's got to be a world where Xavier has a mystic attack. He's fitting in my convo, and I'm bumping that wheelchair all over the board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Iceman might could be might be great under Xavier, and we're looking at this right now through the blue and gold lens. So I guess. We have to wait till next week or the week after that. We also have card. We also have cards coming. There is a card. Um, I believe it's called Unlimited or Untapped Potential. Yes. And it it features Iceman on it, right? Um, I, I have a Iceman dream of what Anna. I want that card to be. So I know you have a dream, and I think we went over it when we were trying. No, to we didn't. Card. We did not go over what I want this card to be. Okay, because you were saying some wild things on that card. No, we see it before we speculate on it. No, I'm going to speculate. Yeah, no, I'm, not, I'm not trying to speculate, but we do know that at least he's featured on the art of one of the cards, so we can hope that there's some card out there that could completely flip it on its head, right? Um. And then all of a sudden, you know, we we, we look like uh, foolish people for down talking Iceman because we hadn't thought about his card yet. So you know what I want are, his card to be? Are, there is some some hope out there for any uh, true Iceman. Will, Will is chomping at the bit. Go ahead, Will. Just fire away. Okay, I want it to be his X Men versus Street Fighter Ultra. Like, but I want it to be like Claws Supersonic Annihilator, where it's range five. Maybe it's range three because it snowballs, but. Like an area attack range like three or four. That's just just him shooting ice shards everywhere. Yeah, if it's an attack card, I can pretty reliably say that it, it's dead in the water. No, <laughs> yeah, I'll use those, it. Cards, those cards tend to not be great. I will I'll say, use. if we've learned anything about grunts, four dice attacks are the deadliest attacks in the That's game. That's true. So absolutely, absolutely. So let's keep that keep that in mind. Those four dice beams. It's gonna kill everything. <laughs> you know, he needs a he needs a just a wild, just one wild trigger, and I can at least remember three times that my hand ninjas have bled someone by getting a double wild on a four dice. There you go. See, it's possible. There is a world. Right. Awkward silence here. Yeah, I yep. thought you guys dropped for a second. I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, no. this is high quality podcasting. Hey, we're doing fine. Anyway. So, do you have anything else to say about Iceman, Mike? Uh, just that's what I got. Okay, great. I don't know how well that translates <laughs> to the microphone. Did it sound like I was pooping yeah. into the mic? <laughs> that's, that's what I wanted to get across: was a poop sound into the microphone. Yes, I got you. <laughs> Can't wait to beat you with Iceman. That's all I'm gonna say. Okay. Iceman and Bishop together. <laughs> Hell yeah! Iceman moves Bishop forward. Forget field leader. Double day, I kill everything. <laughs> then my Thanos portals up and punches the crap out of both. I am not scared of Thanos. Moving right. on. <laughs> <laughs> so LVO. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, went to LVO. Vegas. Three of the four of us went to LVO. I, one of us watched it and was just having fun in the chat the whole weekend. <laughs> I, I saw you in there when I was interviewed right before I got crushed by Gabe. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, tell us about your experiences, LVO. Tell us about, I mean, you guys weren't in the uh, last chance qualifier. What did you guys do Friday? If you have any game highlights, things like that. I think we had a, pre- where, where's our prepared statement? Hold on. Where's oh, our- yes. Yes. We do have a prepared statement before we, we talk about the statement. obvious. Yes. Oh. I. It is the thoughts of this podcast that we know all about CGR. We understand that he is a super oppressive model that needs a change. And it was not super. Congratulations to the winner of LVO and both of those people making it to the top table. But no disrespect to them. We're tired of CGR. But we're not going to bring it up again anymore. So yeah. that is where For we context, stand. I messaged the co-hosts here, and uh, I'm just assuming that the other podcasts out there will cover. They, they cover if you want to listen to a, a well-thought-out argument about balance in this game, listen to Danger Room. I think the episode DeLuca did right before LVO was really good, breaking down problems with crisis selection, things he wants to see go change i don't agree with everything but i think that he put a lot of thought into that and i just want us to focus on how much we enjoy the event because i think we all had a great time and then in the future we'll come back to list building and things we want to do in the game and then not focus too much on the the negative things we didn't care for because uh, the game is really awesome outside of this thing that we don't like and uh, we don't want to focus on it mm-hmm. yeah I'll- I'll say I'll kick us off on some LVO thoughts. I think it's so freaking cool to see how other people's minds work when it comes to roster creation and strategy in the actual playing of the game. Um, so watching Alyssa play through, you know, the majority of the LCQ and watching other players play. Um, that's one of my great joys of traveling to these events is just seeing how other people play. Uh, Alyssa's first opponent was an Asgard, excuse me, an Asgard player. And uh, he did some some really neat things um, that I didn't anticipate. Um, you know, and he made it all the way through to the Invitational, which I thought was really neat. Um, you know, a credit to those who play five games on Friday and then play, you know, another six through uh, Saturday and Sunday. That's a long, long event. Um I will say the f- my personal favorite slash funniest slash horrible moment of LVO uh, was my last game against our boy Simon Vakablitz, um, where his bullseye survived six attacks, two throws, and just casually blocked 15, had 15 successes on 12 dice. My goodness. So um, it was hilarious and I was crying and it couldn't have happened to a better person. I mean, it was just, uh, uh, and, and those, those things are, you know, um, you got to laugh so you don't cry. Right. Uh, but I had a wonderful time. Uh, it was great to see, uh, friends and travel with, with people that, you know, and also meet new people. So, um, I, I had a great LVO despite not having my own personal best, um, I definitely made some mistakes and could have done a little bit better, um, but I'm very proud of uh, of how I played. And um, yeah, Bullseye. I don't know if you guys know this, but Bullseye is the the, the tankiest character in the game. So <laughs> happy. Uh, yeah, it was a very positive weekend overall. Uh, I think uh, just just a quick rundown from from my uh, perspective and. Um, did a scramble on Friday, which is something I wanted to do. It was a pretty positive experience. Um, 
got to play Mike DeLuca that game. Uh, my dice went a little bit crazy in the beginning. Uh, that's an understatement, but um, it was you know it's a good game overall. I think we both had a little some takeaways from that game. I both made like one or two mistakes, but otherwise it was a clean game uh, from that regard. And uh, kind of prepared me for Saturday. Um, first opponent was uh, this, this kid date, and he's a very, very smart player. And I got a little bit unfortunate um, leaving Rhino up on like one HP and then watching him walk away with the rest of the game. Um, but uh, the plays that Dayton were making, like just to, just as a callback to the, our episode before LVO, I said that, you know, I want to lose based on my opponent's good plays, not my mistakes. And that was a perfect example of that. Uh, Dayton held brace for like an insane amount of time. Like I threw Rhino into his voodoo at one point because his voodoo had possessed my Hulk. And I was just like, uh, and he's just like, no, I'll roll, I'll roll the, you know, I'll roll the collision just because he knew that. And, and that brace ended up being the reason why Rhino lived on one. There was something I could have thrown into him. I ended up doing it just to burn brace at that point. But that, you know, that kid uh, saved brace all the way through, which, you know, takes a, a, you know, a lot of, a lot of kind of courage to, to kind of make some of those calls that he made. Also, um, Another huge reason why I lost that game was he would get these ricochet triggers on Sam, who was holding a hammer, and just not take them because it was going to go into Hulk. It was going to go into Daredevil. It was going to go into Wolverine. And he was just like, I'd rather just not power you up. You know, he didn't say that at the time, but I know that's what he was thinking. And I confirmed after the game. And that ended up being a large reason why he won because I just ran out of power. I couldn't do anything. And it was because he chose not to attack when he had a free attack and i don't think there's many players out there that would that would you know think of like that to do that in the moment there was also a time where he didn't take a sam trigger he was just like no actually all my characters are in perfect position i'm just not going to take the sam trigger and like having that kind of restraint especially as someone who's you know a little bit younger compared to the rest of the scene he's not like super young but you know he's still a little bit younger than most and uh you know just really impressed me so i think like that was a great opponent to lose to and as much as it sucked losing the first round, I'm happy that that's the way it happened. So uh, that was cool. Uh, second game, I bounced back. I won. And then the third game, I did the thing that I said I didn't want to do, and I lost to a kind of a dumb mistake. I forgot that my opponent had patched up, went into Hulk a little bit too early. He got patched up for five, and I just couldn't come back. Uh, so that was a little bit. That was really on my fault. I, I, was, I was in the driver's seat that game. But again, great opponent. And across the board, every opponent I played throughout LVO was, uh, you know, a pleasant experience to play with, which is uh, just a great thing about this community in general. You, you don't really come across people that are bad to play. You know, everyone's usually pretty gracious. And, yeah, you might get a little heated when dice don't go your way because at the end of the day, it can be just bad luck. But give them a little bit to cool down, and you'll find out that most people are just good people overall that are just here to enjoy the same hobby you're enjoying. Uh, second day I dropped out of the main event uh, was something that I didn't want to do, but um, I did have the opportunity to play in the team tournament, which is why I made that decision. So I was comfortable with it. I know going into it, I said I wanted to play all six games hundred percent, but the team tournament was a little bit too much for me to pass up. I've never done that format before, so I was really excited for it. And uh, we did pretty well there. Um, I think, I mean, uh, as far as I'm concerned, both of our teams kind of tied for third in that event. We kind of skipped the fourth round because we were paired up against each other. 
but um, you know, it was, it was positive overall. So it was it was nice, and that was kind of all the games uh, that I played. I think I was five and four for the weekend. So uh, going up against the level of competition that we went up against, I'm I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. So going into LVO. I was pretty confident I would just go this year and then take, you know, a year or two off. But after spending the three days hanging out with you guys, hanging out with the Montreal crew, special shout outs to Simon, Nick and Gabe, love hanging out with those guys. Uh, And then meeting people like Hyper Viper, uh, Danny Modesto and and DeLuca, like made me really made me want to travel and go out to these events because everybody there was so cool to meet um everybody acted like they've known you forever like oh this dude i've talked to on the internet all the time like just everybody just clicked really really well had a lot of fun and it really made me want to go to other conventions which i've been doing we've all been traveling but it really made me want to as long as it fits into the financial and travel budget next year i'd love to go back although vegas is crazy expensive so i definitely would do some things differently ben i i would definitely steal your peanut butter and jelly tech that's definitely the way to go. Uh, especially hey, considering... <laughs> you, you, you got to learn, man. You know, a couple of times on those conventions, like, you know, I could just go to this thing and it's $100 no matter where you go for whatever you eat. Or I could just sneak off a little bit early, get some PB&J and be like, man, now I got lunch forever. Yeah, so I would <laughs> definitely do the, like, get get some supplies and eat more meals that way next time. However... I budgeted this event for what I expected to spend on food, and that was accurate. And I have no regrets doing the Caesars Buffet with you guys on, uh, was it Friday night? Was that Friday night, Jeff, or Saturday? I don't uh, know. I, I, I don't remember. I yeah. It was such a big food coma. I think it was Saturday night. Yeah, because yeah. um, um, yeah, I'm pretty was, sure it was. No, actually, it was Friday night. But De, DeLuca joined us, which was cool. So it was Mike DeLuca hanging out with the, the Jersey crew. Uh, that dude knows the tech and the meta for a buffet like mike deluca treats the buffet with the same level of respect and uh, intensity that he treats the mcp table as uh, someone that played him in a scramble that dude was ready multiple plates i mean he was flying up and back and forth between the different sections of the buffet i was impressed i was actually inspired to step up my game and get more food onto my plate as fast as possible so shout-outs to DeLuca for really pushing me to get my money's worth at the buffet, uh, for sure. Uh, I also did the scrambles with Jeff. I am the 1 p.m. Friday LVO 2024 champion nice. of the, the 1 o'clock scramble. That can never be taken away from me. I have a small little Stan Lee to commemorate that. Uh, unfortunately, I, I played the Invitational as well. I went 2-1 and one on the first day. I won a game against Shield and a game against Midnight Suns that uh, I was ready for those matchups from, you know, the prep I do. We have a great Midnight Suns player locally. Uh, I've played against into Shield a ton. I lost my second round game to Gabe from Montreal Shark Tank, and I was so mad at myself. And uh, I think Gabe thought I was frustrated with him because he brought Thanos Guardians with CGR. And I, I explained to him afterwards, like, no, dude, I'm, I'm mad at me for going to the biggest event in North America and not being better prepared for Thanos. Like, it was a conversation I had with myself in list building of, like, what do I do in Thanos? And I wasn't happy with any of my ideas, and that proved to be the case on the table, and I kind of got blown out by him. 
uh, one of the probably one of the worst losses I've ever taken an MCP. Just because I just I just knew going in that I had a weaker game plan. He's a stronger player with a better list, and the, the results reflected that. So he, he afterwards we, we hugged, and I was like, "Dude, go win!" And then he proceeded to lose immediately. So thanks, Gabe, for that. <laughs> um, but I like I really reflected a lot on that loss after that, and what I want to get out of tournaments, which we can get into later. Um, and then Gabe and I both dropped out of the Invitational to, to team up together uh, with Rob, and we had a great little run in the team tournament where we lost to the taco truck guys who won the whole thing which the three of them were awesome opponents really really cool playing with vince nate and uh, pat um it was a great event overall i really enjoyed all my games i confirmed how much i love the pressure i put on myself playing in those events like i it's like a drug for me i just love highly competitive anything i used to be really big into fighting games and competing in that and now I really love playing in those high, quote unquote, high stakes. Because right, we're playing with toys. Like I literally, like I take a toy soldier, and move them across a field. So it's not really high stakes, but I really love playing in those, like you know, uh, invitational type events where we both really, really want to win. I'd like to think that I walked away from my nine games as a good opponent for everybody, and uh, all my opponents were great. But yeah, I, I really enjoy that aspect, and it really made me hungry to try to win ACO or Everwinter this year and like try to be the best I can be going into those events. Nice. Yeah, I, I got jealous watching all you guys there. So I'm I'm getting at LVO next year. I don't care if I have to go. Th- I, I really would rather not go through the qualifier. I'm trying to qualify as early as possible or at least on points. But um, yeah, I'm definitely going next year because I, I was very sad that I was not there this year. Yeah, so Will, before you joined us earlier, Ben and I were talking, and and um, Jeff, you missed this too. I was saying to Ben that afterwards, now, like, I have two roads that I'm thinking about taking an MCP, and one mm-hmm. is, do I play something snowflakey, um, you know, finding things in the game that other people haven't found, and enjoying that route, which I call like the the Gabe Simon, like Nick route, where those guys were. Like, I'm not going to play the strongest thing. I'm going to play something other people aren't doing. Like, Nick had a totally different defensive list. Simon is playing Claw, which no one else on the planet is playing Claw. <laughs> um, or do I play something like Top of the Meta, which I've been doing for, like, the last month with Hellfire, but the version I brought to LVO wasn't that meta, because like, I had Magneto in there. Mm-hmm. But for the TTS League, I've been running, like, standard, like, Curtis Hellfire. And I'm debating like if I want to stick with playing things at the top of the meta or like find my own niche and enjoy that aspect of the game. Uh, right now I'm like on an exploratory phase trying to figure out what I want to get out of the game before June and ACO. Hmm. Well, I could tell you just from my point of view. The metas are going to change all the time. We have no idea what's coming in the back half of the year. Like we saw what's coming in the front half of the year. I mean, we don't know how Professor X is going to shake things up, anything like that. I find, personally, my list, yeah, I may not win tournaments, but I find stuff that makes people think. Like, as Art said the other day when we played against him, actually, I think Jeff might have said it when he was talking to Art. I may not win, but I will put you in a bad situation to try to make you fight your way out. Like, I try to find my route in. Like, I find joy in thematic teams. Like, I know it may not be the best, but that's what I like to do. But 
over the summer, I was running Modoc Criminals. And my Modoc Criminals list, you even said, should not work. And it did. (laughs) That is something I say to you every time you show me a list. And most of the time, it works. Like Sex Uh, Panther, 60% of the uh, time, it works every time. You know, one one thing I'll say, and this is true about um, the other mic, you know, Game Store Guardians mic, cop mic, whatever you want to call him. Um, He and you both come up with these lists that are off the wall, but you guys also have at least like your pulse on the competitive game Mm -hmm. to the point where like you have it in the back of your mind. It might not be the forefront of your mind where you're going like super meta, but you're at least thinking about the meta while creating your list and, and you're like kind of trying to tech against the meta with, with a new list and, and those and playing you guys cause you're, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're good players too. Um, those games help me when I'm fine tuning a list to make sure, Hey, did I tech too much for the meta that now I'm not good against the rest of the field? Because that's the thing, when you're going against these tournaments, you can only get to the final rounds, um, you know, undefeated by going through everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Like in a in the round one, you could literally play anyone. Round two, you know, it's still kind of wide open. It's not till round three or four where it's like, okay, you better be ready for the meta stuff. But um, you still got to get through those first two rounds, you know, unscathed. And it's very easy for you to overtech and make your list worse against the rest of the field. Yeah. So going up against you guys, you know, is, is a good test for any list to make sure you can handle the rest of the game. Because it, it I mean, at the end of the day, like, yeah, we'll we'll talk about certain characters being undertuned, overtuned. Like the game for 165 models is very well balanced. Yeah, you cannot just completely sleep on things, and so that's what I appreciate getting out of games with you guys. Um, you know, and I mean that like you know, hundred percent positively is that like yeah, yeah, no, I get it, it helps it helps test against the rest because like you're gonna come up against players that are like that that are playing off the wall things but are still good players or still you know know what's going on and and like that kind of stuff it matters. So I mean, I think every community should have someone like you and should have someone like uh, GameStar Guardian Mike. Like uh, I think it just pushes us as a group to. To make sure that our, our like we're not too either echo chambery or too tuned to the meta that we're forgetting about the rest. Because when you go to a bigger event, that's when you're more likely to go up against the rest. Yeah, I appreciate that. But like right now, right, I have my X Force list in my bag because you know I bring two lists every week: one for the newer players, one the one that I'm actually working on. I have my X Force list, but this week I actually have Black Order with Cosmic Ghost Rider in my list. Just to try it out. Because I've used Cosmic <laughs> Ghost Rider all of one time. I don't mm-hmm. feel good that that's in my bag. <laughs> I put paint on him today, actually. Did you? Yeah. I like him like my heart wants to bring Hydra. With my shenanigans in Hydra. But I brought that. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to put it in the bag. We're going to see what happens. I think to save the community, I'm just going to go out there and buy a Cosmic Ghost Rider. <laughs> it's happened before where I went out and bought um, the box to get field dressing so that I could field dressing my Hulk when I was playing, <laughs> you know, old Doctor Strange Defenders. Literally the next week, it got rotated out. Literally, it was like every time I would go pick something up, it'd be like, oh, no, that's gone now. 
And I'd be like, oh, great. So I think I got like one game with that. Um, yeah, just, just stuff like that. It's, it's just like, I think it's time to finally just go out and buy it. I don't think anybody played, in the store. Oh, good. No, I, was saying, I played Malekith in the TTS League week one, and then week two, he, he had been uh, changed. That was like the I only started playing Malekith like the couple of weeks right before he was changed. <laughs> I was finally like I'm sick of playing into the 800 Malekith locally with Rob and you played him for a couple of weeks. Uh, oh yeah, over Brad the summer. Has Malekith, yeah. So well, maybe, maybe I should put Cosmic Ghost Rider on the table and he'll get nerfed. Here's the thing: I don't think anybody in the store wants me playing Cosmic Ghost Rider. You're supposed I, I to think... be the, the fun one. No, I not even to... that. My dice get wild. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, if if I can interject, I think it's really important when we talk about, you know, the meta and our experiences at LVO, you know, and one of the things that Mike and I were talking about uh, before the others jumped on was uh, not this year, but the last year, uh, Vincent Kirkhoff, who won LVO, won through the LCQ uh, and the entire Im- Invitationals with a shield roster. And at that point, people were kind of you know, doubting if Shield could be a competitive affiliation. I, I think what's really important about people like Vince, people like Simon, you know, who this is their affiliation, this is their home, this is their jazz. Um, they could run a quote unquote non meta affiliation. You know, uh, there was uh, Vince wasn't running, you know, Bay of the Ray Bill or, or Malekith at the time or Thanos or, you know, Hulk's the big baddies right he just had a plan for everything you know he was able to put all of the reps in, do all of the work i I really do think except for just a a few oddities within this game that if you have that mentality you can do that with most affiliations do i think you can pick up sentinels and play 100 games with sentinels and probably come out a sane person no no i do not um But I do think it's important that the vast majority um, of the game, at least right now, and I think even into the near future, um, you can do that. I'm really excited to see uh, Spider-Foes jump up um, once they get all of their new releases. Um, Just because, one, I think Sandman is freaking cool. I think a lot of those models uh, are gorgeous. I think foes continue to take the precedent of having some of the best models in terms of just their sculpts um, in, in the game. So I, I think there are ways that you can do that and not have to go, do I need to put a Thanos in? Do I need to put in a, a CGR or a Malekith? Um, and still have fun. So, Will, I think you're, the way that you approach list building, I think, is still viable. Um, I think one of the curses that you have is something that I have as well of, of just severe list ADD of like, oh, but what about this? Oh, what about this? <laughs> Hear me about this. I got this cool new model. I just repainted this. And by me, I mean my wife, Alyssa, because she does all the painting. Um, yeah. Oh, so, you know, all of, all of those things um, can make it a little bit more difficult um, compared to some of these these folks who you know, devote to playing, you know, hundreds of games um, with one roster and just having all the different matchups in the world. So mm-hmm. uh, when I was making my run last year, uh, you know, I put in some some prep for LVO this year. I didn't put in as much as I did last year, but I probably put in a, a good another maybe like 20, 30 games 
um, with my, just my LVO roster. Let's do this. I want to play. And I specifically requested to play a whole bunch of different people with different uh, affiliations because I wanted, I knew just Jeff, as you were saying, you never know what you're going to get round one, you know? Um, and because of that, I was able to have a plan for a lot of things. So, um, yeah, I, I think if you're listening to this cast, I, I think what you should take away is um, take Iceman and all of your rosters and beat everyone instantly. Uh, True. But, um, or just pick something that is really meaningful that you want to to play uh, and keep running it. Right. Keep jamming it um, and you'll you'll find a way. Uh, yeah. Or be, be like me and suffer with Winter Guard for a while. <laughs> to, uh, to, to Mike's point, like uh, I think that's that's kind of the path I've gone down. Uh, as soon as they announced the Daredevil changes, I was right away cooking with uh, Defenders Web Warriors and talked extensively with the Insidiously Mad, who also was feeling the same way. And I think together, like the two of us kind of helped each other bouncing on a soundboard off of each other to, to really develop it. And we got some steam rolling behind it. Now I know we weren't the only ones to think of it because like it's it is kind of like an obvious crossover, but like now it's one of the more popular rosters in the game, even if it's not um, you know like considered S tier or whatever. Like I think it's uh, it's pretty strong. Although I would argue that probably the the web's secures version of it is a little stronger, which isn't what I was running. But you know that's that's neither here nor there. Um, it's it's just that's that's what I have fun in this game is finding a roster that I think is like high B, low A tier type thing and really trying to stretch it to as best as I can. And that's what I'm looking forward to trying to do with Convocation now. So at LVO, yeah, there was... Oh. Oh, go, go ahead, ahead Mike. Man. Sorry, go ahead. I was, well, just, I was going to ask you a question based on this. So a gentleman walked up to me and said he listens and one of his favorite things is that uh, most of our cast evolve into like a brotherhood section where Ben and I just have a separate conversation. So I was going to ask you, Ben, after LVO, how you feel about your brotherhood list and where you want to go with that in the future, or if you just need to take a break from it. Because I, I feel like the normal things I do in brotherhood aren't quite where they need to be to compete at the highest levels. Uh, Dustin had a great run at LVO, but I think his list has a weakness on E-shapes. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't think anyone out there has actually cracked brotherhood yet, or there, either there's a ceiling that you can't get past or or we just haven't found it out. So I have some things I'm going to try because I, I can't not play some Brotherhood. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to know where you were at. Are you taking a break from them or do you have some ideas to kind of retune your roster for what is coming down the line in the meta and what you know we just experienced with Guardians um, you know, uh, beating both of us? Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's a great question. Um, I think it's important to name that Dustin, um, who's a great brotherhood player, great player. Um, his brotherhood roster is vastly different than what you and I like to play, uh, or at least, especially I should speak for myself. What I like to play with is some more mags central, um, roster. Um, I brought like said the, the X-Men flex because I really think that that's where brotherhood, uh, is going to thrive is trying to find the right mixture of X-Men and brotherhood characters of when there is an eventual brotherhood, you know, mismatch or, or, or something um, you can flex into X-Men a little bit more 
um, with, with some more fluidity that is, um, you're not going to sacrifice too much from it. Um, that being said, um, I, I need to take a break. Um, I got really frustrated. Um, I love Mags. Mags is one of my favorite characters in the game, period, and 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 just favorite Marvel characters, period. Um, in terms of what six threats can do, uh, I do find, uh, I think you've said it on this cast, you know, too, that Mags is kind of falling behind. Um, I don't know if that warrants him, you know, getting a rework in, in that now he might be problematic and, uh, or if it's just, we're, we're getting to the point of the game where we might see another Magneto character. I think that would be really cool uh, to get another Magneto character, uh, maybe an age of Krakoa um, Magneto character, which I think would be really neat. Um, so I, I, I personally need to take a break um, just because I'm getting frustrated uh, with my favorite affiliation. Um, so I've moved into uh, into Asgard and Midnight Suns, um, mostly Asgard because, um, look, you, you you can take the man from the slaps, but you can't take the slaps from the man. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, I really like Asgard. I'm super stoked about the the, uh, the new releases that they're that they're uh, are coming out here soon. I don't know if we actually have a because I think they're coming after the foes, right? I think it's. I think so. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. when yeah, they we showed saw them, sculpts for the foes, yeah. but we didn't see sculpts for Asgard, so I would have. To have right, to right, yeah, first. Yeah, and, so and Gwen and what's his face? Uh, oh yeah, Ryan, Gwen, yeah, Glennon and uh, the uh, Ben, ben Parker, I think. Yeah, yeah, Ben Riley. That's what it is. Ben we should probably get more info at Adepticon, right? They're going to do another panel. I think thing so. I'm sure. Sure. Yeah. So I'm, I'm personally going to be venturing into, into Asgard, uh, a bit, uh, just, um, to run some more slaps. Um, I think that's going to be really, really fun and it's good to always, you know, have a palate cleanse and and try something different. So that's where I'm going to be at. How about, how about you guys? So uh, Mike, Jeff, uh, after LVO, after you've experienced, you know, either some good, bad plays, uh, or just kind of some different matchups. Are, are you going to be changing lists? I know, Mike, you kind of alluded to it a little bit. Are you changing your list? Uh, yeah, so right now I'm in two different online leagues. I'm in the TTS League just like you are. Uh, Jeff, are you in the TTS League this season? No. No, I was going to miss uh, week one. And yeah. Didn't and you feel like yeah. doing the, the run back again where I forfeit week one and have to win straight to get to the cuts. So Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I got my Counter-Strike League, you guys. It's just easier for me to bow out. I hear you. Uh, I'm playing Emma, like pure Emma right now, and I'm running Thanos as my E-shape. I have like this crazy idea that's probably bad, that maybe at 15, playing Thanos, uh, Logan, X-23, and Dossier might be legitimate into some killing <coughs> teams at 15. I, think it's, I, I know. I think it might be just bad, but I'm just willing to try some different things out. Uh, I did play Thanos... Emma in my third league game. Uh, I'm currently 3-0 with Emma in the league. I played Thanos, uh, Emma, Zemo, and Carol 1, and wow, that was fun on Demons. Oh, man, the damage that I was putting out with Carol and Zemo with the full rerolls from Death's Decree. Oh, it was some of the most fun I've had in MCP in a while. Uh, it was not as fun for my opponent as I was <laughs> removing his, his... He was playing Cabal... And his job was to remove my models, but I was removing his at a much faster rate. 
uh, <laughs> and that was really enjoyable for me. Um, I lost the Thanos at LVO, so I have been jamming him in different places. I've been playing some Thanos X people uh, locally um, on the table, and I'm just looking to figure out what I want to play next. Uh, I feel like Hellfire is like stupidly good, so I might not stick with Hellfire and just find something else. Uh, I think return to Hellfire when it comes to ACO prep time. I'm looking at Thanos in a few different places. I'm looking at maybe doing some Crimson stuff. Uh, but like right now, if I was to go to a tournament tomorrow and like if I wanted to win, I'd be playing Hellfire or like Thanos with mutants. Especially when Xavier's Dream comes out, I think that X Men are going to be a really good home for a kaiju. Um, I personally will never play CGR. Uh, Thanos, for whatever reason, uh, doesn't meet the arbitrary line that I've created. <laughs> <laughs> I think he is a really stupid character, but uh, Death Decree is just legitimately fun, and I found that. Unlike Cosmic, where you are just portaling and then shooting things, I found the setting up the positioning for Thanos and like Logan, for instance, where I want to make sure Logan's out of three to get his rerolls, but within four so that I can death decree him has been enjoyable. Uh, I've been having fun like making sure I keep all my guys in a death decree bubble, which like isn't like the hardest thing in the world, but it's like it adds another wrinkle to the to the game plan, right? So I, I found that fun. I found being the bad guy running running the broken model has been fun. I don't, I don't normally do that. Normally I play strong things, but not the best thing. Uh, and Hellfire is definitely one of the best things you can be doing. And Thanos is still really, really good. On ease, I think before the errata, he was one of the best things you could just do, period, on any shape. And uh, now I think he is... Harder, way harder to run on a D or a B, and I definitely want to test that out too. But uh, yeah, I'm either running, uh, I'm running a bunch of different things, but Thanos is in pretty much all those lists. Just testing it out. I like Than- I, I like the changes to Thanos. I think he, I think you've hit it perfectly on the head that he is still a very, very good model. Um, but there are still some pl- like plays into him, and he's not as abusive and as he was, especially you know, when he first came out what what dark days they were uh <laughs> when Thanos first came out um portaling everybody you know was as, as you can see like with cgr and other characters that have had similar effects um it's just not great right it's not a now it feels good when you're just moving into uh enchantress right with her bows uh when she first came out um people forget forget that like, here's a fourth rat that just moved everybody <laughs> right um those were those were not great times but yeah i think thanos is i think is not overpowered and i'm glad that he doesn't meet your arbitrary line of yeah it's definitely arbitrary he is also factoring into my brotherhood plans that uh i kind of want to try him like the brotherhood list i've been cooking up has like all the mystique brokenness with hulk juggernaut and voodoo instead of rhino to save the ttt slot Mm -hmm. and then I, I have found that Magneto and Ease just isn't good enough into things like Guardians. Shield is really hard. So I played this when the Arata first happened, but Thanos with Magneto, Death Decree, Magneto attacks. Thanos is unkillable with Magnetic Refraction. It's actually really stupid. I only played that list five times and then dropped off of it. Uh, I was 5-0 and with the two of them together, though, and so I don't know why I stopped trying that. Uh, I thought maybe it was Mimi. But after playing at LVO and, see, and like seeing how well Justin, uh, Dustin played, rather, 
uh, with Mystique and knowing how successful I've been with Mystique in the past that doing the Magneto Mystique blend, but maybe bringing Thanos Magneto for like demons is the right play. And then testing out maybe Apex X 23 and Thanos for 15. That 15 is the hard thing, right? Every list I'm looking at, I'm like, what do I do at 15? And that's where I'm getting kind of stuck in my list building. Cause I just don't know what is out there. That's as good as like what guardians could do at 15. Um, maybe I shouldn't worry so much about that. Just, take extracts and hope to get demons or intrusions when I play against guardians and shield, etc. But I don't know. Yeah. I think, um, you know, it's kind of funny. You, you guys are always talking about mags, but what Dustin did at LVO with, with a full mystique only list, like that's my dream brotherhood right there. Like if I, if I was to play brotherhood, that's what I want to do. <laughs> you want to slap leave, You need to embrace leave, the slap. Leave, leave mags at home. So that, that's Kill where him. I would start. You're breaking my heart. What what are you playing, Hefe? Well, um, oddly enough, I was doing this before LVO. I didn't expect there to be such a clean list with it, so maybe I'll I'll try to eventually. But um, I was messing around with I don't I don't think I have any affiliation events lined up, but I was messing around with a Brotherhood only affiliated list that also doesn't include Magneto. Sorry uh, to both of you, but uh, <laughs> what is kind of, the, what kind is of like this? a fun list to uh, to dude? I, when I play MCP, like. You're you're there for the slaps, and sure with Daredevil, I'm I'm around for the slaps as well. But like, I'm having the most fun at, at MCP when I'm scoring seven points a turn, racing to the finish line. <laughs> so uh, that's that's what I like to do. But uh, yeah, I play. I mean, I played a store um, Rogue State. It's got some new people that are coming in every once in a while. So kind of like Will, I, I kind of bring a list that's like uh, not as competitive. So I just run all the Brotherhood guys. They're always fun to see on the table. Um, most of them are painted. I, I, I did, I have, uh, a sea of gray, but most of my models that I have painted are mutants just because I, I enjoy those characters the most. So they they interest me more when, when I go to paint and, uh, it's just a nice list to have on the table when someone new comes in the store is like, Oh, what are you playing? You know? So I like that. And, and I can do some demo games with it as well. Um, as far as my competitive list, uh, I mean, this wasn't really because of LVO. I think I've said it beforehand, but uh, I'm going back to Convocation for a little bit. I was playing it for like a six, seven month stretch earlier in the year and did really successfully with it. And now I think it's time for me to play with new Ultron for a little bit and kind of refigure out how where they fit into the meta. And um, then for Adepticon, I'll be deciding between Convocation or I think Solo Defenders. I think I'm going to leave webs out of it for now, I just I had a lot more success on the defender side of the list. And I think that there's some more play in there that I could explore around D-maps rather than just run webs, um, which is what my game plan was there. And it was, it was a good enough game plan, but I think I can have more fun with it and really kind of tune the list and, and it'll open up more slots for me to tech with. I'm um, looking forward to running Ghost Rider, um, which one of the defenders players at LVO actually ran him and, and did really well with him. Um, so maybe I can pick his brain a little bit, but uh, I think, I think there's something to do with ghost rider there that could really open up like a kind of a new style to play. Uh, I don't want us to really say wide defenders because like ghost rider and daredevil is already nine points in two models. So it's not going to be super wide, but um, you know, I think, I think there's some stuff there. So I, I want to explore that. So those will be my competitive list is conv between convocation and solo defenders. 
I have the next uh, little bit to decide what I want to do for Adepticon. And then my kind of for fun and demo list is uh, Mystique Brotherhood. Nice. Well, as far as I go, I've taken X-Force out of their Everwinter timeout. Because I was very upset with them. But um, dumpster fire. Yeah, exactly. I will. I am never going to get that title again. So I'm doing X Force. Like I said, I have Ultron in my X Force right now at art suggestion because if I want to kill, might as well bring a killy model. Um. So and I have Invincible Iron Man in my X Force right now, who's very good at control. Like he's made a little bit of control in the list because billion dollar punch, hell of an attack very good and if you get the wild you get to throw it's nice so I, I i was testing out the list friday the first run had bishop in it bishop did okay i liked him um but yeah i'm, I'm gonna focus on right now x-force i might bounce into x-men but um it really just all depends on what professor x's leadership is and what kind of shenanigans i can get into there but right now, I, I mean, I love all the X-Force characters, so that's kind of where I'm living right now. All right. I don't know. Is there anything else that you guys want to talk about? Um, yeah, let's make a Colossus meta. How do we make <laughs> Colossus the best character in the game? He is in my X-Force list, just saying. Uh, the only thing that I kind of wanted to mention, and this is something that we kicked around ourselves, but I mean, we had this episode planned. We have, you know, one, 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 maybe one more thing coming up, but um, at least mid this year to maybe on to the end, I want to do kind of a, a series or a section at least on a podcast, maybe not have an episode dedicated to it, kind of bridging the gap between like a new player trying to get more into the competitive scene. Mm-hmm. I think it's an unexplored space. I think, you know, we, we all had some ideas that we want to kick around. I don't want to give too much away. But, um, you know, just like an open letter to anyone out there that's listening that, you know, might, uh, you know, maybe their eyes glaze over when we mention some topics or, or just want to get a more in-depth guide on how to, like, make that transition, um, you know, and, and, and bridge that gap. Like, what topics they want to see covered in that series, uh, go ahead and let us know. Because oh. we got some ideas, but we'd love to hear them from you as well. And that reminds me, we actually do have a new section because we have a listener question. Oh, there's listeners. Yes, we have a listener. Talking into the void. (laughs) Um, Actually, the one and only Brian Watson, TO for the New England area, um, posed a question. We do have a listener question section on Discord, which I forgot I put there. So he just messaged me the question. But... With Ultron Metal Tyrant and Age of Ultron becoming more popular and Hellfire Club with its healing, etc., is it time for Grievous Wounds to make a comeback? Or are TTC slots too full to consider it? Uh, no. No, you should not play Grievous Wounds. <laughs> that's, that's it. I don't think we need to even... Do we need to discuss it? Bad card, bad. Not really. I think um, there was talks about Grievous Wounds when immortal hulk's card was shown yeah and we're gonna play it into immortal hulk i don't think there's a time really to play it now um sure sure hellfire uh, maybe as a tech slot if uh let me put it this way i play an affiliation that essentially has no team tactics cards if i can't fit grievous wounds into my (laughs) team i don't know how you can um but if you're in a 
meta, a local meta, where say three out of your six or seven opponents is Hellfire and they're the ones you're most worried about, give it a try. Sure. Go for it. But um, I think this is exactly one of those cards where we start talking about you're teching too much that you're going to end up taking a card away that's going to make mm. your team worse against the rest. Mm. And that's that's my gut reaction to it. Sure, go ahead, try it out. Um, I, I, I don't want to ever discourage someone from trying something out. No, my, I'm my gut shot. Okay, well, that's you. Uh, my gut shot uh, <laughs> thought here is... Uh, it's just it's not going to be worth the ten. It's going to be really hard to fit into your five. And if and if a card's really hard to fit into your five, then it probably shouldn't be in your ten. As someone who is playing Hellfire Club, if my opponent brought Grievous freaking Wounds as a quote unquote counter to what I'm doing, that is a huge win for me. That you chose to blow a tactic card slot so that I don't hail one damage on one character through the course of the game. Well, I think, I mean, I, I don't think you put it on a character that's just healing one damage. Uh, it's, it's you put it on like a healing factor two character yeah. or something so that they can't heal the three damage that they would heal. And or a patch up becomes, on like a Hulk or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, that's where it becomes more relevant. I don't think he's suggesting that it's just Hellfire Club and that's it. Like, it's the Hellfire Club might be running like, uh, you know, those healing factor two characters or, or, or something, or even healing factor two, one character. That's two, two, two damage on, you know, six health or something like that's 33 percent of their health right like you know that's where you start questioning it but i still don't think it's worth it but i'm i don't think he's saying it's just for the hellfire heal but if you're gonna like it's for the combo uh it's gross and bad if you're gonna bring something for that specific situation you mentioned bring sucker and stop logan from using exceptional healing i love that, sucker that's that's, that's, that's a better play also shout out to sucker for being a card that you can Dump power off Bishop on. True. Oh, yeah, look, guys, we're cracking the code right now. Yeah. All right, Jeff, you uh, figured it out. Yeah, we're cracking the code. I, I, honestly, it came to my head earlier when we were talking about Bishop, and then by the time it was my turn to speak, I completely forgot about it. So. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you brought up Sucker. There we go. Look, I, is Grievous Wounds, like, can it have, like, a gotcha moment? Like, Sure. But yeah, I'm I'm with with everyone else. I, I don't think it makes the ten. Um, I think it can be funny to deny the age of Ultron, right? And just go like, "Ha ha, gotcha!" Right? Um, but does it? Yeah, I don't think it really does. Right? If you if you if you uh, KO the uh, Ultron the same round that you've hit him with Grievous Wounds, he cannot age of Ultron because that would be really? removing damage from him. And you cannot remove during until the next activation phase. So, wouldn't he flip to healthy but have the six damage on him? Maybe no, because huh. I'm reading no, it now. It, it, it says he removes yeah, it, all special conditions. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, he, he flips his card to the healthy side, and then removes all damage. Yeah, but it's it's all it's all happening at once. Um, like it's not, it's not then, not and. So yeah, it's all like comma, comma, comma. Simultaneous. So the damage would never get removed. So yeah, but he has eight health on his healthy side, right? So if he keeps the six damage, he would still have two remaining. Honestly, question for the forum. But uh, as I as I see it, I think it would make the effect fizzle out. But I'm not entirely sure. You, you know what's Point better? Being, as, as we're discussing now. You'd have to call a judge over. It'd be terrible. Just don't do it. Just use sucker. <laughs> do sucker instead. 
Yeah, yep. you sucker instead. All right. But with that, if we don't have anything else to say, guys, do we? Negative. Nope. Okay. Well, we have our LVO qualifier at Red Seal Gaming coming up in March. I, that dates are on the calendar, which I'll share in the show notes. Um, I believe... Eight, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, PAX is already approved. PAX Unplugged is approved for an LVO qualifier at the end of the year because they are slaving, sl- saving slots for the end of the year for um, qualifiers, which is nice. This way it's not just all points events at the end. There is a slight change to the way LVO is doing points where only your top three events that you've earned points at earns you points towards the Invitational. So if you go to six events, only your highest three scores will be counting towards that, which honestly, fair. And I said it before you guys went to LVO that the Northeast is going to get put on a watch list because we just are maniacs that travel everywhere. But we Just um, go to five qualifier events and win all five of them. Just exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, actually, uh, Omnis said that the Portland area kind of did the same thing. <laughs> so it was uh yeah that's why they put those rules there just to be more fair to spread it out and all that which i respect but yeah other than that guys i think i think we're gonna call this a show i think we're done we did it so, yeah, all right so i'm will mike i'm jeff and i'm ben and we'll see you next time <laughs>